Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night. Monsters lurking under your bed or deep in the forest. That unknown creature looking just out of sight. And frighteningly imagined creatures. Ghosts. Supernatural beings. And even some unsolved mysteries. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, well, we have a whole grab bag of wonderfully weird stuff today. And it's going to be a double shot, so let's just jump right in and get going. Alright, with that said, we will still be playing our drinking game, and as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation, my darlings, is always yours, so choose your poison accordingly. Alright, now for the game part. How about every time I say, UFO, that's going to be a single shot, and every time I say, monster, That will be a double shot. Alright, now that the business end is out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's Dark Enigma. And I'm sending out a big ol' thank you to Mike, who submitted part of today's story. But a big thank you also for the U.S. Congress for the biggest news ever. There are things in the sky, and we just don't know what the hell they are. That's right. Today's topics are that bombshell UFO report with the side of crazy cryptid organism 46B. So let's jump into it, guys. All right, we have to jump into the crazy side of the pool first. And I know you guys just knew I was jumping into the best thing to happen to us since coronavirus forced us to work in our gym jams from home. And that's right. We're starting with that bombshell report where the U.S. government has finally admitted that they cannot explain at least 100 sightings by pilots and our own Navy. That's right. Yes, thank you. Clap. Standing ovation. Thank you, U.S. government, for finally coming through, oh, I don't know, 70 years later, right? All right. So that's our starting point. That's right. We're jumping off into the crazy side of the pool. And if you've been living under a rock, or maybe you were abducted by aliens and you're just making it back. But on Friday, the Pentagon released its report of UFOs and UAP sightings by military personnel. And out of the 144 reports made by pilots and naval forces since 2004, only one could be explained by investigators. That's right, 143 sightings. They have no fucking clue what they are. The U.S. intelligence community on Friday released its long-awaited report on what it knows about a series of mysterious flying objects that have been seen moving through restricted military airspace over the last several decades. In short, the answer, according to Friday's report, is, well, 
very little. That's right. They know nothing. But the fact that the intelligence community released the unclassified document marks one of the very first times that the U.S. government has publicly acknowledged that these strange aerial sightings by Navy pilots and others are worthy of legitimate scrutiny. And that means a lot to us that believe. The report examined 144 reports of what the government terms unidentified aerial phenomena, only one of which that investigators were able to explain by the end of the study. Investigators found no evidence that the sightings represented either extraterrestrial life or a major technological advancement by a foreign adversary like Russia or China. So if it's not a UFO and it's not extraterrestrial and it wasn't by one of our foreign adversaries, what does that leave government? Not a goddamn thing. Of the 144 reports that they were dealing with, they have no clear indication that there is a non-terrestrial explanation for them, but they say that they're going to go wherever the data takes them. Yeah, right. But investigators were also convinced that the majority of the sightings were physical objects that the official told reporters on Friday. And I quote, We absolutely do believe what we're seeing are not simply sensor artifacts. These are things that physically exist, end quote, the official said. Noting that 80 of the reported incidents included data from multiple sensors. And in 11 cases, investigators believed that there was a near miss collision with U.S. personnel. Now, I know it's not quite the drama that you guys were hoping for, but 11 near misses with U.S. personnel? Like, seriously, they've got to start taking this seriously. But after years of Washington infighting, including bureaucratic battles within the Pentagon and pressure from certain members of Congress, the U.S. government finally appears to be taking seriously what has for so long been considered a fringe issue. For lawmakers and intelligence and military personnel working on unexplained aerial phenomena, the bigger concern with the episodes is not that alien life is visiting Earth, but rather that a foreign adversary like Russia or China might be fielding some kind of next-gen technology in American airspace that the U.S. just simply doesn't know about. That is why one of the reasons that this unclassified report will likely disappoint most of us ufologists. Yes, we had hoped it might offer definitive proof that the U.S. government has made contact with extraterrestrial life. And I quote, For years, the men and women we trust to defend our country reported encounters with unidentified aircraft that had superior capabilities, and for years their concerns were often ignored and ridiculed. And that was from Republican Senator Marco Rubia of Florida, the vice chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee. And he said that in a statement on Friday, and I continue it. He states, this report is an important first step in cataloging these incidents, but is just a first step. 
The Defense Department and intelligence community have a lot of work to do before we can actually understand whether these aerial threats present a serious national security concern, end quote. Well, I'm going to say, Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, I'm going to say, if it's in the sky and you don't know what the fuck it is, that's a serious national security concern. I don't care where it comes from. If it's coming from the stars or it's coming from Russia or it's coming from China or for fucking Antarctica, that should be a concern for you. Of course, you live in Florida, so you're probably not going to be the first one bombed. If the sightings were the result of Chinese or Russian technology, either some kind of unknown aircraft or a technological system that can spoof U.S. radar and other surveillance and reconnaissance systems, the intelligence community would not want to reveal what it does and doesn't know. They're very sensitive to this. If this is an adversary, we definitely want to really be careful about what we're saying. We know this and we don't know that. And of course, that's Rep Representative Jim Himes, a Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee who received a briefing on the matter from the Navy and FBI officials last week. Oh, Jim, I would love to be a fly on your wall and hear what the FBI has to say. Hmm. Still, the fact that the intelligence community is producing reports on what the Pentagon has labeled, labeled UAPs, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, is in itself extraordinary. It is. Even as sightings of unexplainable objects rose into the hundreds, Pentagon officials wrestled with how much time and resources to devote to investigating them. Most of the 144 sightings covered in the report were recorded by U.S. Navy pilots, although there were some reports from other U.S. government sources. A clear reporting bias in the data set that investigators examined. Investigators tried to categorize the 144 sightings into five categories. Airborne clutter, like birds or weather balloons. Natural atmospheric phenomena, U.S. government or industry developmental programs, foreign adversary systems, and an alluring catch-all named Other, because, you know, our government is so great with fucking names, right? The official said, there's a wide range of phenomena that we observed that we ultimately put into the UAP category. There's not one single explanation of UAP, but many. But in the 143 unexplained cases, investigators simply lacked the necessary data to categorize the sightings. Some reports included no technical data at all for engineers to examine, but rather were solely verbal recollections by pilots. The report doesn't include any additional videos or UFO sightings. And congressional sources who have seen the classified version of the report have already expressed their disappointment that there's not more of an explanation to the episodes, saying that this report really raises more questions than it answers. Well, I'm going to point out that one, you let the government do the report, so what did you expect? And two, you only took 144 sightings. Mostly because most military personnel have been trained and have been told, don't bother reporting it because you're just going to be told that you're crazy. Anyways, 
Previous interviews with a half dozen officials, as well as documents reviewed by CNN, depict a U.S. military and intelligence community that struggled over how to remove the issue from the realm of science fiction and consider its actual national security implications. Even now, the government almost certainly wouldn't have moved to produce the report without public pressure from key lawmakers, as both Republicans and Democrats have taken an interest in the matter. While former senior defense officials with knowledge of the most recent iteration of the department's investigations say that the Pentagon took it seriously, some pilots and former officials tasked with investigating the matter say senior Pentagon leaders downplayed or ignored the threat. Erasing the stigma surrounding a serious discussion of UFOs was also the goal for lawmakers in 2020 when they passed legislation requiring the Pentagon and intelligence community to provide more information about these UFO encounters, details that have, until recently, largely remained shrouded in secrecy. Requiring production of the upcoming UFO report was also one way lawmakers have signaled that they intend to use their oversight authority to ensure coordination among the agencies involved. And I quote, One of the functions of a course like this is that it forces actual coordination within the agency and makes clear that Congress is actually serious about its oversight function and that there's going to be increased scrutiny along the way. Some of it is a product of getting the agencies to take the issue more seriously and trying to help get rid of the stigma surrounding it. And this was from a congressional aide who wanted to remain anonymous. Yeah, because, you know, that's taking it seriously by not putting your name on it. All right. Well, now that you're thoroughly underwhelmed by the pansy-ass American government, I got a wonderful suggestion from a lovely listener, and I hope he feels I did his story justice. So, Mike, this one's for you, my friend. So, on to our second feature of the day, and the mysterious cryptid known only as Organism 46B. What jumps into your mind when you hear Antarctica? The glaciers, the frozen sea, maybe the vast, white, and endless snow. All good visuals, and for us, we seek the truth beneath. We want to believe our eyes and our own minds when it comes to this strange, desolate place. But Russia says Antarctica is not a normal place that we can even imagine. We shouldn't care if any country talks about this topic, except for two countries. One is the U.S. and the other is Russia. Because both of these governments are after a large part of Antarctica. And they are well aware of what secrets are out there. Two events are going on that prove that there is something beneath the ice in Antarctica. The first, well, there are freshwater lakes found beneath Antarctica. Some Russian researchers have disputed that there is another continent disappearing under the ice sheet, in fact, and most people who believe in it said that the base continent referred to may have been the place where the creatures of ancient civilization lived. If we understand this reason, we can also understand why the great leaders of some of the world's nations have so much passion for Antarctica. Because Antarctica 
is now a forbidden place, and important discoveries of Antarctic-based governments are being kept secret. And there's no definitive or credible explanation for why that is. Russian scientists studying in Antarctica have found hundreds of lakes in the Antarctic ice sheet. These lakes contain fresh water, or clean water, that has been isolated for over 10 million years. And from this, scientists have discovered more than 3,500 unique gene sequences in Lake Vostok alone. Lake Vostok is the underground Antarctic water reservoir isolated from the outside world for going on 15 million years. And they're revealing a complex ecosystem far beyond anything that they could ever have expected. Scott Rogers of Bowling Green State University, professor of biological sciences, who led a genetic study of the contents of half a liter of water that was brought back from the lake after it was drilled by Russian scientists, said this. The bounds on what is habitable and what is not are changing. We found much more complexity than anybody thought. It really shows the tenacity of life and how organisms can survive in places where a couple dozen years ago we thought nothing could possibly survive." End quote. There are a few places on Earth more hostile to life forms than Lake Vostok, the largest subglacial lake in the Antarctic, and initially Rogers believed that the water from it may have been completely sterile. The water itself is located 4,000 meters below the ice, which completely blocks out sunlight and creates incredible pressure on this liquid. It is also literally located in the coldest place on Earth, the world's lowest temperature of negative 89.2 degrees Celsius was recorded at Vostok Station above the reservoir. Anybody who does the math? Because um, Celsius is, what, 32 degrees higher or lower than Fahrenheit, which is going to put it at, what, negative 120, something right there? Okay, somebody do the math and tell me. I'm sorry I didn't do the math. And you know what? I've had too much to drink, and I can't do math that fast. So get over it. But after using bleach to remove outer layers of the ice, the form in which the water was extracted from the lake, which could potentially have been contaminated during the drilling and conducting RNA and DNA testing, thousands of microscopic life forms, predominantly bacteria, were detected. Many had expected that if any life forms were to be found in the frozen crypt, they would be uniquely adapted to the harsh environment, and perhaps entirely different as a result of being shielded from evolution of life elsewhere on the planet for millions of years. Rogers' team believes the relative ordinariness of the organisms discovered may be due to the fact that they are left there as a legacy of when Antarctica had a temperate climate 35 million years ago, rather than as a result of evolution inside the lake. Some of the organisms found in Lake Vostok commonly exist in ocean environments in the digestive systems of fish and crustaceans, suggesting that the reservoir was once connected to a bigger body of salt water. But Rogers believes that two huge drops of temperature cut it off and conserved it to its present state. Yet the study is not excluding the possibility of startling discoveries. 
In fact, one of the scientists that was involved in the team stated, and I quote, it's a very challenging project, and the more you study, the more you want to know. Every day you are discovering something new, and that leads to more questions to be answered. And this was Yuri Shartman, who conducted many of the analysis and believes it could take a whole lifetime to untangle the secrets of the lake. I'm just going to pause for a moment there, and how many of you did the whole, the more you know thing? Because I think I should have had that little rainbow going, the more you know. Anyways, back to the story. (laughs) But scientists dug through the ice, basically they made a big hole, and reached that largest lake. And it took them 10 years to do this. But now, at that location, they've installed an elevator and a group of eight people passing by revealed a series of lakes that had disappeared beneath the ice of Antarctica. The second event is where the focus of our story is, and that's with this organism 46B, a terrifying organism trapped by Russian scientists. While Russian scientists were studying in Antarctica, they encountered a very dangerous organism that they named Organism 46B. This creature is said to be very dangerous because it's an organism that can fold up poison prey and then disintegrate at rest. This alone is enough to prove and believe that there are hidden demons beneath the sea and ice because anything that can shapeshift and basically disappear and become invisible scares the living fuck out of us. But nothing scares the Russians, right? Anyways, this beast was described as a large octopus with a total of 14 tentacles. The terrible thing is that even at a distance of 150 feet... This thing can expel strong venom and fell its prey. 150 feet. I want you to stand apart 150 feet and see how far apart that is because that is scary. A member of the Russian team that went for the study is said to have been killed by the creature. From further study of the creature, scientists discovered that it belonged to a mimic species with shape and ability, noticing that the creature, which was spotted during a study submerged in the sea, actually changed its shape. If this is possible, then it's absolutely no surprise that it's been kept secret for so many years. History has shown that Antarctica is not a habitable or hospitable place for humans to live. But researchers have discovered a large fort-like structure in the Antarctic ice sheet. It resembles a Mott and Bailey castle, which is a European-style fortified structure built using mud and wood. So simple. One such fort is thought to have been buried in the glacier for hundreds of years, and it's thought to have been built with an oval curved design. Now, comments on this fort reveal a completely different truth about Antarctica, which was considered to be uninhabited by humans or anything else. But in the glacier, satellite imagery clearly shows signs of the collapse of a much larger building. So, is it possible that this building system appeared naturally due to the change of time in the glacier? Scholars are constantly exploring, and they initially 
speculated that the fort may have been a Sestruga, an icy system formed naturally by ice for many years due to heavy snowfall and cold winds. And I know you guys are going, wait, what happened to the octopus? I'm getting back to it. It makes sense. Trust me. Stay with me. However, the structure of the Sastruga glaciers depends on the direction and speed of the wind, but the formation of the Sastruga glacier in the shape of an egg-like fort is a very, very rare occurrence. There is a world map drawn in 1513 by Ahmed Mohid, a naval commander known as Piri Reis from Turkey. It shows that the Antarctic ice sheet was an ice-free region just a few thousand years ago. And in the Antarctic ice sheet, it is surprising to compare the currently defined castle structure with the map from Briris of Turkey. And it's not the first time such a building system has been found and discussed in Antarctica. Before this, there was a pyramid-like triangular structure emerged from the glacier, but the building system has never appeared before as it is now. But that's the first part of a much weirder tale because Organism 46b has its own claim to fame. And one scientist who claims to have been part of the Russian scientific expedition claims that Organism 46b is a killer giant squid that can hypnotize its prey and paralyze humans at a distance of 150 feet using that poisonous venom and is being developed as a secret weapon by, you guessed it, Vladimir Putin. Yeah, now that scares the crap out of you, right? Dr. Anton Padalka claims he was part of a Russian scientific expedition to a subterranean lake in the Arctic that discovered this terrifying creature known as Organism 46b. He claims their discovery at Lake Vostok was covered up by Russian officials who are now looking at ways to weaponize and breed the deadly squid with potentially devastating effects. Dr. Padalka said the squid, which was discovered in a freshwater lake trapped beneath two miles of ice, possessed an array of weapons and was responsible for the deaths of at least two of his colleagues on the expedition. Giving details which honestly sound like the script of a B-movie horror film, he said, and I quote, We encountered Organism 46B on our first day. It disabled our radio, which we later learned, to our alarm, was intentional. It is also able to paralyze prey from a distance of up to 150 feet by releasing its venom into the water. Tragically, my colleague and lifelong friend was killed this way. He tread water, wearing a blissful smile as the organism approached him. We watched helplessly as it used its arms to tear off its head, then popped its remains in its mouth. It was as if it had hypnotized him telepathically. End quote. This 33-foot-long man-eating squid also boasts extraordinary camouflage techniques that helped it stalk the researchers, including shape-shifting, to which Dr. Padalka said, and I quote again, the shape-shifting capabilities of Organism 46b sound almost diabolical. It shaped itself into the form of a human diver. We thought it was one of my colleagues swimming towards us in scuba gear. By the time the closest scientist had realized what it was, it had grabbed him and torn him to bits. End quote. 
He revealed that the octopus slash squid could also use its tentacles to kill, even after they had been hacked off its body and claimed two of additional expedition members this way, even claiming another of his colleague was killed by a tentacle many hours after slicing it off with an axe that he stated later that night it slithered across the ice bank and strangled her. Okay, I'm getting bad B-movie vibes from this one, but it is kind of terrifying. After five days of battling the animal, the remaining scientists finally trapped Organism 46B in a tank. They brought it to the surface, but were shocked when it was seized by Russian officials, who told the waiting international press that nothing had been found. Dr. Padalka fled the country after he claimed to have discovered President Putin's plans to use the animal as a military weapon. And he warned that these plans, and any possible plans to breed more of these creatures, could prove to be devastating. And he said, and I quote, Some species of octopus can lay 200,000 eggs. Stop for a moment and picture 200,000 eggs. Imagine if they were deposited in reservoirs and lakes across North America. End quote. Well, I don't know about you, but that's something that just might keep me up tonight. And you know what? I hope it keeps you up too. 200,000 eggs all deposited in reservoirs and lakes across North America. Okay, I don't like creepy crawlies. And normally you say tentacles and I'm all about the tentacles. But in this case... I think not. Alright, so let's give a great big thank you to Mike for this terrifying reason to not go into the water. And I was wondering what would ever take the place of the movie Jaws. Thanks, Mike. And with that, we've come to the end of our episode. I thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think. You can always reach the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, you just want to tell me what you think, you're bored and you need somebody to talk to, drop me a line. I do reply to every single email. And on that note, that's all the time we have. And I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And you know what? Don't forget to tune in next time, my darlings. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.